Welcome to the Keeney Interviews. Through this series, you will meet leading practitioners from the water sector and hear their stories. Together, we will address water challenges and discuss how best to face them. Keeney is the Malaysian word for current, and this initiative promotes the flow of ideas within the water sector. Today's Kinney interview is with Tony Slatcher. Tony speaks with me in his role as the special advisor for the high-level panel on water for the Australian government. Tony's previous roles include having been head of the water division and its predecessor divisions of the Commonwealth Government of Australia for over nine years. Prior to this, he was directly involved at the division head level in the making of the National Water Initiative, the Living Murray and the other national water reforms that occurred during that time of Australian water history. In our interview, we talk about the high-level panel on water, how it was formed, what its mandates are, and in particular, how it interfaces with the Sustainable Development Goals, why the Sustainable Development Goal number six is so important to the attainment of the rest of the Sustainable Development Goals, and specifically what the initiatives are of the Australian government in terms of the high-level panel on water. So it's a very different conversation, uh, but it's really important, I think, to start to understand how something like the high-level panel on water interfaces and works with the rest of the ecosystem of institutions that are all trying to work towards the attainment of Sustainable Development Goal 6, the Sustainable Development Goal for Water. So please enjoy this interview. And as always, would love to hear any comments that you have or any thoughts or any questions. So please do include them at the bottom of this interview page. Enjoy. And with that, I leave you to my conversation with Tony. Okay, so um, today's Kinney interview is with Tony Slatcher, who is the spe special advisor for the high-level panel on water for the Australian government. And Tony, thank you so much for joining me today for the Kinney interview. That's no, a great pleasure. I thank you. <laughs> Thanks for making the time. I know that you've been traveling quite a bit and just coming back from Mexico. So I'm hoping we can just start with introductions in terms of your background and the roles that you've yeah. had leading up to becoming the special advisor on water. Okay, uh, I can quickly do that. Um, I've uh, been responsible for advising the Australian government on water policy matters at the national level for the last um, uh, 15 years or so. And uh, in that capacity, I was involved in framing the initial, or the, the, the um, reforms, the, the comprehensive reforms in Australia that we call the National Water Initiative. And I've also been directly involved in implementing the um, Murray-Darling Basin reforms uh, over the past uh, 10 years, I, um, I retired from my uh, duties as a full-time public servant for the Australian government a few months ago, and but the government has has engaged me to assist on this high-level panel process, which I'm now doing. And what is what actually is the high-level <laughs> panel on water? The high-level panel on water was um, established by the United Nations Secretary General and the World Bank President early last year as a, a group of heads of state and heads of government of 11 countries. The 
you know, in a very brief summary, the, the panel was established in order to try to break through some of the, the um, perceived barriers to implementing Sustainable Development Goal 6, which is the very ambitious goal to, uh, to ensure that uh, all people uh, have access to safe water and sanitation by uh, 2030. The, my interpretation uh, which, um, of the rationale was that there was a perception that some, that political leadership would be necessary to achieve such a, a important objective as that. And the mechanism that the Secretary General and World Bank President adopted was to invite 11 uh, heads of state and government to uh, form this uh, panel which would champion the importance of SDG 6 at the international level and would also come forward with new ideas on how to break through and uh, help the world achieve that outcome rather than reliance on the conventional mechanisms uh, of the um, international uh, community which um, which are all fine and, and good as far as they go but what the high level panel can do is add a level of political advocacy uh, to the task the prime minister of australia is one of the, is a member of that panel and uh, i've been asked to to assist the in the in the process uh, of supporting the prime minister's role uh, in the panel I think it's an interesting idea to get the heads of the state all together, 11 countries, and say, okay, you guys, you're heads of state for a reason. Bring your brains together and figure out what you need to do in order to, from your perspective, set things up to make this happen. So that's that's really what's, in a sense, taking place through the high-level panel on water. Is that correct? There are two, there are two things. That's, you're quite correct. That's one of the dynamics is, is putting their heads together. And through that process, they came up with a um, plan of action, which was launched at the UN General Assembly last year. And the other dynamic is that individual members of the panel can or are expected to champion uh, particular initiatives that they have come up with collectively. So our Prime Minister, for example, the Australian Prime Minister, is championing initiatives around water data, around water use efficiency and around innovation in the water sector. Uh, other leaders are championing other elements of the, um, of the panel's action plan. Uh, so there are two ways the panel works. It can work as a collective, as you were describing, to, to promulgate a package of ideas, but also individual members of the PAV have a responsibility to advocate and champion particular uh, actions that they um, that they want to get behind, uh, which is which is what uh, is happening. We're in that part of the process presently. Is this a system that's in place just for water, or do the other Millennium Development Goals similarly have a system or some sort of emphasis like this? Because um, I'm wondering, my question for um, that is, in a sense, first of all, um, why only water when there's some other really critical issues, and how does this tie into the other issues? Because it feels to me, more and more, like there's a conversation around, you can't just look at one of the sustainable development goals. Yeah. They need to be considered and how they interrelate with one another. Of course, you're absolutely right. The, I'm not aware that a panel of this particular nature has been set up for other goals, but the reason that 
a panel's been set up for water is that water was seen as a critical prerequisite for the achievement of many, if not most, of the other goals. Uh, so, you know, the health outcome, the environment outcome, the the um, the education outcome or goals, the poverty reduction goal, me, the the sustainable agriculture goal. Many of the sustainable development goals can't be achieved unless water. The water goal is also achieved. So it is in that sense. I think it's fair to characterise the water goal as a, as as as, a, as an enabler for not a, not a whole enabler, but a necessary but enabler for many uh, many of the other uh, sustainable development goals. So it, it, it was a particularly important one to establish a innovative new process for. It's interesting because um, with specifically around SDG 6, uh, there's some thinking that different governments have set up panels or committees or bodies that look at the implementation within the country of the um, the sustainable development goal have you have you heard of these sorts of things happening so it's and I'm wondering if you see anything like that happening in Australia or in any of the other 11 countries because of the emphasis on SDG 6 that there's improved tracking on how it's being implemented both in country and in terms of maybe some of its aid money just trying to to see how it fits together also yeah I Look, all countries have, an, have a responsibility. All countries of the UN, which um, adopted the Sustainable Development Goals, have a have a responsibility to endeavour to achieve them themselves, and also, if they're in a position to do so, to assist uh, other countries to do to achieve them. The within Australia, we will be having to account for the achievement of the goal domestically and at the right time coordination processes will be activated to ensure that is uh, on track. We have until 2030, of course, to achieve the goal and uh, the domestic processes. You know, I, th- I think it's fair to say at the moment our effort is concentrated on framing implementation strategies through the high-level panel and giving the Prime Minister the best support we can to participate in that process and ensuring that our aid resources are also... Uh, supportive uh, of of you know water reforms that eligible countries are undertaking. Are there any of these implementation strategies <coughs> that you speak about coming out of the high level panel on water that you find to be, I don't know, really interesting or different or something you'd like to speak about at all? Because I can imagine uh, well, a set of them, but <laughs> yeah, oh, I'd like to. There are many, but I'd be I'd like to talk briefly about the data. One, uh, just as SDG 6 is an enabler for many of the other SDGs, uh, dealing with the water data issues is really an enabler for S- for getting the rest of SDG 6 done. And that is for the simple reason that without information about the state of water resources and how they're being utilised, it's very difficult for any government to make a rational, rational policy decisions about the management of its water resources. The... The data initiative which Australia is uh, is championing and which has been adopted by the high-level panel is called the World Water Data Initiative. It is itself very ambitious. Uh, it's aiming to provide policy guidance to all governments on what kind of 
institutional and legal arrangements work best for managing water information. It also has a, a harmonisation objective aimed at uh, ensuring that as much as possible we are all talking the same language when we're talking about water and monitoring and measuring uh, water resources and that, that is very important in bringing down the, the costs and complexity of um, understanding water information. It also has an innovation uh, component where Australia is already supporting a innovation challenge which is inviting the best and brightest brains around the world to figure out how to equip the poorest and farmers, smallholder farmers, with really useful information through their cell phones on just what is happening with the water that they can access and to help them make sensible, the best possible decisions at the farm level uh, on when they should be, uh, how they should be planting their forward uh, crops and um, using the water that they, they have access to. So this is a massive um, reform in itself around data, which we proposing be adopted as a global reform agenda. It's an initiative of the panel, and that's an initiative which Australia has agreed to champion uh, globally. Uh, so at the uh, World Water Congress um, last week in uh, Mexico, uh, which is a, a, a major congress of the water community organised by the National Water Resources Association, Australia uh, presented that initiative and it's been since acknowledged uh, in the um, in the uh, in the communique of that uh, congress and um, there'll now be a much broader understanding of what we're trying to achieve uh, through the water community um, so that's an example I guess uh, Karen of the uh, of the type of way the panel is working uh, so uh, the action plan that was launched at the UNGA last year identified data as a key enabling requirement to achieve Sustainable Development Goal 6. Australia offered to champion that particular action. We've developed a proposal with the name of the World Water Data Initiative, which is um, has, has been adopt now adopted by the high-level panel, and it's on the high-level panel website if anybody wants to um, have a look at it. Uh, and it's now being actively advocated and proselytised uh, um, by Australia on behalf of the panel. So, so, of course, the panel only lives for another year, or less than a year. It winds up in um, March of next year. But initiatives like this will live on because they will be uh, once adopted by all the relevant uh, agencies and global processes will then have a life of their own, which will um, continue. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit more about the kind of nitty-gritty of the institutional and legal arrangements um, for this process of gathering data, because I feel like it's probably a, a lot around transparency, a lot around continuity of institutions and legal processes, um, and then you'd have to look probably at each country to understand where they stand at this moment and figure out sort of a pathway or a framework for them to be able to move forward with I'm thinking in particular about countries that might be really excited about this initiative and may say, we'd really like to get on board with this and we'd like to be a part of it. How does that actually work for them? Mm. Uh, well, it is, it, it, you know, it is, it is an initiative which only works if nation states pick it up and back it in at the national level. Um, it's, its underlying objective is to 
improve access and, re- and, and reduce the costs of accessing data for poorest countries so that we can achieve the universality objectives of SDG 6. Uh, so many countries have perfectly good access to water information and data. We're not so concerned about them. The issue is those countries which don't. Uh, so the data initiative is, is operated through capacity uh, at the national level. So it, it's only, but it's supported by international effort to, to achieve good harmonization, to achieve new technologies, to achieve good policy guidance material, which nation states can then adopt and pick up and use and take advantage of. Uh, so that is the dynamic. We're not trying to create some new multilateral architecture or empire. This isn't about that. It's about as much as possible assisting national capacity and supporting national capacity by by uh, reducing the costs uh, and uh, of of nations being able to access reasonable information about their water resources. Currently, it's a very costly endeavour. I feel like there's another international UN initiative that's focused on doing very similar work, and maybe they're not doing it in all the different countries, and this is helping to support the countries that maybe don't have that. I can't remember the name of the program off of the top of my head. There are many initiatives, Karen, which are at the multilateral level aimed at improved water information. Uh, we have a job on our hands to harmonise those efforts, to make sure that they are aligned and that poorer countries can make the very best use of all the international effort that's going on. We're not in any way trying to uh, compete with that effort or, or um, reduce that effort uh, or, or, or redirect that effort. We're just trying to ensure that countries can and communities can access that very good work at the lowest possible cost. So in a sense, the initiative also looks at what existing data is there, who's working in this space, and thinks through how to make that, how to fill in the gaps and then make that accessible, I guess, to the governments who need this, or all governments basically yeah. who can yes. benefit from data. That's, 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 that's basically right. Um, but it, it, we're not going to be pushing it on to anybody. Countries that are... You know, it's it's the responsibility of every member UN member country to, to implement SGD, SDG six in their country. This is a this is available to assist them to do that. So we're not this isn't about Australia or, or the high level panel saying here's something you have to do. It's not like that at all. It's um it's saying we have come up with some ideas of how to to make your task a little less costly and a little easier. Uh, if you want to get be in a position to make uh, evidence-based decisions about your water resources and to take advantage of the new technologies and the uh, policy guidance and everything else which is available, and here it is for you to to use as you wish. Uh, so that is essentially the the dynamic of the data initiative. I feel like it's uh, in a sense also maybe like a microcosm for how the high-level panel of water functions within the broader ecosystem of environmental negotiations as well. So it identifies maybe all the things that are happening and tries to create some sort of useful synergy out of that. Would that be an appropriate... Well, that's certainly what's, that's certainly what's happening with, um, with data. Every action sort of is, has to run its own race a bit. They're, they're very, very different actions. You know, so, for example, the Netherlands is leading 
an initiative on valuing water for all its community and social and economic and other values and how, how the proce- how, what sort of process ought to be gone through in a society to figure out what it really wants out of its water resources. So that's a, that's a different, totally different process again. And, and, the, and the Netherlands, are, they can speak for themselves, but the, essentially they're running a bunch of you know, regional workshops and, and it's a different type of procedure altogether. And it doesn't reach into any particular international, pre-existing international frameworks, whereas the data one does. It, it's, it's creating, it's setting up a new dialogue which, which the high-level panel believed was a very important dialogue to occur at the national level. Uh, so you know, the, and I could, and, and again, you know, the the um, actions around sanitation they'll all be very different too, and around infrastructure and around um, financing mechanisms. So there's many, many. There are 17 actions in the action plan, and it's a, it's a very considerable agenda. But each action is has its own features in terms of how it interacts with with governments and with the international community. Yeah, it's, it, you started off by speaking about how this is not to, this is really to supplement the other international multilateral efforts that are taking place. And But it, yeah, I guess that's, that's the question. What sets the high-level panel apart? I guess that's the real question from, say, UN Water, from the World Water Congress, World Water Council, um, all the different multilateral initiatives that are happening, the negotiation processes that are going on, is this really to take a step back, bring the world leaders together, these 11 countries, and say, let's, let's set the global agenda in order to actually achieve this, and let's help bring these different multilateral agencies together around these 17 uh, actions? Again, you're, you're trying to, you're generalizing a lot there, Karen. It will operate that way for some of the actions, but but the value add of the panel is its capacity to advocate directly at the head of government and the head of state level, its capacity to raise awareness, to generate media interest, to do things that politicians can do, which, which big meetings of officials and conventional organisations will struggle to do. So that's the difference. The panel only has a two-year life. It was designed to see whether it could, what it could do to raise awareness about the importance of SDG 6 in its lifetime. And uh, so it's a very, it's not a comparable entity to all the other ongoing parts of the architecture which exist. Um, And it's not a, um, it's a a totally different type of entity. And it's not really an entity at all. It's more a process than an entity. And it's a a short-term process to try to kickstart the and you know, put a bit of fire into the all the other processes that are going on. So it wouldn't be it's not right conceptually to think we have all these institutions and conferences and things and the high level panel on water as if they're all sort of comparable um, parts of the architecture. It's really a different type of thing altogether. That's it's incredibly that helps a lot. Why hmm. these eleven countries? Ah, oh, well, you'd have to ask the United Nations Secretary General and the World Bank President that question. They're a bit busy, unfortunately. <laughs> I can't, I can't track answer them down. that. I, some, 
some people can speculate, but I can't answer that uh, question. Great. So is it? We're just we're just um, very pleased that Australia was uh, asked to participate, and that our, our prime minister was uh, uh, has agreed to participate. And how is the dynamic of the process? I, I just I figure it's really quite interesting to be able to do, do all eleven heads of state get together at a time, or is uh, this no? Like that's not practical. No, exactly. No, they don't. They get together through senior officials called Sherpas. Sherpas are people that do heavy lifting for other people, and the uh, Sherpas meet fairly, you know, every every few months every two or three months to to and represent their heads of state and government and come with ideas uh, from their head of state and government and they we then discuss those matters uh, in meetings of officials and uh, that's where the sort of the background work is done i don't think there's been any occasion where all panel members have been able to get together several were at the un general assembly and there will be, you know, we are we are looking for opportunities where there's a, a number of them can be in the same place at the same time, uh, where, and we would take full advantage of that, of course. But in a way, they don't have to because they've issued their action plan at the UNGA. The dynamic of this process does not require that they all come together. It requires each of them to go off and and champion particular actions, right? So there's. No doubt coming together would be a great media event and would, would be, have that value in, in terms of raising the p- public profile uh, of, of SDG 6. Um, but in terms of the actual work being done, they've determined what they want to focus on. They've agreed to a procedure where each of them will champion particular aspects and now their, their responsibility is to go off and do that. Uh, our Prime Minister is doing right now, as are others. Uh, so it's not the the it's not accurate to feel that the success or failure of the high level panel is a function of how many times they can get together. Uh, that's not that's not how it works at all. No, it's really interesting to think about how it does work when you do have such a high level political group that's being represented through this panel to think, well, what does that actually look like? So to understand that the Sherpas are there to do the heavy lifting um, and that they have people such as yourself who provide that advisory capacity in order to make sure that it's realistic and linked with the government and other initiatives. And um, I I now can kind of see that, I guess, again, the architecture of how this comes together and what that looks like, which is really interesting to think about also. Can't be everywhere all the time, so... That's exactly right. And the Sherpa meetings will typically involve people with good knowledge of their head of state and head of governments, or good access to their head of state and head of government, uh, but also people with good subject matter knowledge who to, to ensure that there's a degree of word, um, sort of mutual assurance around the um, ideas that are being generated in the panel so everybody can be comfortable with everybody else's proposals. So I think most of the questions that I have around understanding the high-level panel on water and understanding what's coming out of it and understanding Australia's role and the lead that it's taking in terms of the World Water Data Initiative have all been really covered. So I want to ask you if there's anything else that you'd like to discuss. Look, I don't really want to discuss anything, but I just do want to encourage your listeners 
for viewers, whichever medium it is, to to get behind SDG six. Uh, you know, this is this is an incredibly ambitious and worthwhile endeavour for the global community. It's utterly positive. It only makes the world a better place. Anything that we can do to move closer to a world where all people can access uh, safe drinking water and sanitation services that provide them the dignity and health outcomes that we, we should be able to afford in this world you know, that is an unambiguously good thing. We'll reduce conflict, it will reduce um, poverty, it will, in, in every sense, it will in, in enhance our natural environment, in every sense, make the world a better place. Um, so it's hard to think of anything that is more worthwhile to commit effort to than this sustainable development goal. And... Uh, Therefore, my, my sort of um, personal commentary on this interview is to, um, to ask everybody who is in a position to do anything that is a step towards that, achieving that goal, to, um, to get on with it and to um, talk about it and mobilise their peers and their colleagues and exercise the leadership that is needed if we're going to achieve this in the next 13 years, which is our uh, global objective. Well, I just, I just have my closing question for you, which is yeah. about, you know, where do you see that people can be most effective in terms of applying their own efforts and passions and skills in order to actually work towards achieving the Sustainable Development Goals and, in particular, SDG 6? Um, I would say whatever you do, whatever you're doing, whatever your profession is, whatever your skill and mandate is, Wherever you are in the whole landscape, you have a leadership role to play. And by leadership, I mean inspiring others, encouraging others, showing others the way of um, raising public awareness, talking about this. That's what you can do. And everybody from the most junior official or young scientist or to the wizened gurus in the world can all exercise that leadership. As I, as I said, you only have to look at the basic fact statistics around how far we have to go in the next 13 years, how much good can be achieved to, um, to start to create conversations and thinking, new thinking about that. Uh, and I would also just say that, that don't be afraid to bring forward radical new ideas that could contribute. The high-level panel on water is doing that ahead of state and ahead of government level as best we can, for example, through the World Water Data Initiative. You know, let's let all the, let all the good ideas bloom and um, bring them into whatever governing body framework you work with. Put up your hand, get involved. Kini is an initiative of the Australian Water Partnership and the International Water Centre Alumni Network. Kini connects water managers and shares knowledge throughout the Asia-Pacific. Visit our website at kini.org.au for more information and for videos, articles, news and more.